This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I have not done a mock draft, which means that Julian Council, Lockdown Panthers podcast, at Julian Council on Twitter, is one ahead of me. So let me ask Julian, have you only done one mock draft? Yes, Adam, and sorry for uh, for being late yeah. here. That is the one and only mock draft I have ever done in my life and ever planned on doing in my life. But as I told people in that tweet, every man has a price. Like I, I didn't do that for free. I didn't do that for uh, fun. I did that because people asked me. Well, the five people bleach report asking for some content and to come on. So hey, I did that for that, and that's the only reason I did it. Mock drafts still should be sent to hell. They're mainly pointless. Um, we see every year how wrong everyone is, even right. though it looks like everyone's got the first pick and that being Bryce Young. That's only one I've done. And that's the only one I'm going to do unless, you know, someone's throw me some cash. Did, uh, uh, you know what? If, if I can get a sponsor, I'm going to, maybe I'll get you to do on Wednesday. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Did, did you believe, uh, have you believed in Bryce Young from the beginning or have you been swayed by recent comments? No, no. Recent comments couldn't care less about those. And it's unfortunate because I think CJ Stroud's been the guy who's uh, been this year's punching bag towards the end of the draft because we just have to carry on so long trying to come up with things to say about the draft and we've run out of things to say probably a month ago. So unfortunately, that's been the case with him and his S2 score. But as far as Bryce Young goes, I've been a fan since day one. I thought he was the best quarterback in college football the last two years. Won the Eisen Trophy in 2021 for a reason. I thought he was even more impressive this past year when you looked at the talent around him. And I know people are going to roll their eyes and be like, well, Bama has four and five stars every year. They can portal on whoever they want. Well, some of those guys that brought him from the portal, like Jermaine Burton, who left Georgia, wasn't any good. The right. kid from Louisville, who went down there, was injured the ha- half the entire season. He had the Georgia Tech transfer, Jameer Gibbs, who's excellent and who I love. And then he had Cameron Lott, who was tight end. Like, those are the only dudes he could depend on to throw to the last this last the last season they had to transfer in a tackle from vanderbilt y'all that's how bad the o-line was at times in the 2021 season when he won the heisman he wasn't throwing to, uh, to garrett wilson he wasn't throwing to chris alave he wasn't throwing to jackson smith and jigba he wasn't throwing to marvin harrison jr he wasn't throwing to a mecca abuka it didn't have the kind of, same kind of talent that he had down in tuscaloosa that they have up in ohio state that cj stroud played with and stroud's an excellent player in his own right i'm not really trying to take anything away from him right i'm just trying to point out the fact that Bryce Young had less talent around him this past year than he had the year prior, and I thought he was more impressive in winning that game at Texas and putting him in position to win in Knoxville against Tennessee and getting him to overtime against LSU and then letting everybody know in his final game against K-State in the Sugar Bowl that he was the best quarterback in college football last year and the year prior. Bryce Young, to me, has obviously, from the beginning, been the clear-cut best quarterback. The only concern has been his height, in his weight, but if yeah. he's 6'3", 220, there would be no conversation <laughs> at all right. about who the best player in the draft was, and also Chicago would have stayed at one and taken him instead. Are, are you and I sharing a brain? This is Because <laughs> I've literally been saying this for two months. That if, <laughs> Anyone if, who watches college football knows Bryce Young is the best player. It's that simple, man. Right. It, like, look, I don't, I don't think he needed to be 6'3", 220. I think if he was 6'1", 195. The Bears would have kept the pick. Yeah. 
I really, I really Absolutely. do. Here's here. This is my my thought on C.J. Stroud, and uh, this is where I've thought about him from the beginning. Um, I, he had a great game against Georgia. Uh, some people have thrown shade on him. Well, but he lost. I'm like, they lost to Georgia. I mean, let's like losing to the Tennessee Titans at this point. The way the, the way kicker absolutely shanked it. Right. Look, he he played great in a high profile game. I have nothing against C.J. Stroud. I look at him as somebody who can be a good NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. But and and th- there's nothing wrong with being a good NFL quarterback. But you don't take good first overall. You've got, you've got like, I mean, Bryce Young to me is the best. And if it was really close, then CJ Stroud would be number one overall because then the height and weight would really matter. But I think yeah. only the height and weight is making it somewhat close for people. But if I wasn't going to take Bryce Young, I'd take it. I would take Anthony Richardson because he gives you the chance to be bonkers as good as yeah. physically talented as he is. I, no, I agree. Like, I mean, CJ Stroud, the thing about the Georgia game, like, he was outstanding, and that was everything that everyone wanted to see him be in that one game. The problem was it was only one game that we ever saw him play like that, where he was able to play. He was able to use his leg. He was willing, not yeah. really able, but he was willing, but he even had to. Because a lot of times, because I don't watch a ton of Ohio State, because you know what's going to happen. They're going to beat the <laughs> crap out of the Minnesotas and the Iowas right. and the Rutgers and the Maryland's, and you're going to tune in whenever they play that marquee non-conference game, which it's been Oregon in the last couple of years, and you know they played Michigan at the end of the season. You see him in the Rose Bowl. Like those are the games that you watch, and in those games, like Stroud has looked really good. He's never looked bad in those games, right. but it's not one of, like those situations where he's always having to try and carry the offense like Bryce Young had to do last year. He's a phenomenal player. You, you do wonder, you know, how's he going to translate to the NFL when he's never going to have the receiving talent that he had this past year at Ohio State, and also the two tackles. One of them, Paris Johnson Jr., is probably going number nine in the draft to Chicago. Yeah. He had a ton of talent around him, not just like with the skill position, but also with the offensive line. Not to say that Bryce Young didn't have that as well at Bama, but again, they had to get a tackle from Vanderbilt to transfer into Tuscaloosa. Just, you know, let that marinate for a second. <laughs> I agree, though, with the Richardson thing. And part of me has started to think over the last week, man, should that be who they just take instead? Because you look at the athleticism, just the physical talent, just a combine freak, and his best football is ahead of him. When he finally gets taught to work with his feet, his lower half, and he gets the mechanics down, so that's all, they're not doing that at Florida. Dan Mullen's no. not working with him. Billy Napier's not working with him. They're trying to win football games. Right. They're not concerned about making sure that he has all of the fundamentals so that he can translate to the NFL game. If he gets to Carolina, which I think is the best situation for any of these quarterbacks, and they could coach him up for a year if that's what it takes, I feel like he has the highest ceiling. Yep. I just feel more confident based on what I saw with Bryce Young and not having that much concern about his height and his weight and his durability to where, like, I think that's the obvious pick where Richardson, man, I wouldn't hate that at all if they decided, hey, you know what, let's just roll the dice. We trade up to number one. If you're going to trade up to number one, you want to make a big splash. Well, the big splash is Anthony Richardson. Yeah, there, there's there's no question. I, and I would, I, I would go that route if I didn't think Bryce Young was going to be great. And that's so sure. – and to me, I think C.J. Stroud is going to be good. I think Bryce Young – is going to be great. What area, Julian Council, Locked On Panthers podcast, uh, mocker of drafts. Um, <laughs> um, if it in the second round when you pick at what thirty nine, what is the area you hope that the Panthers address at thirty nine? For me, 
initially it was wide receiver looking at what they have on this roster. Okay, you bring in Adam Thielen. Uh, he still, I think, has probably a year left of being a pretty yeah. solid player in the NFL. But he, he's getting up there. And, and Minnesota's a team that still feels like they can, for whatever reason, with Kirk Cousins, contend for a Super Bowl. And why would they let go of Adam Thielen if they felt like he could help them moving forward? So I, that clearly there's some sort of disconnect there and why he's here in Carolina. I think he can be a good player for the Panthers this year. D- DJ Chark, yeah. uh, there's a reason he's on his third team. But he's going to be somebody who they're going to hope to expand his route tree and have him be more than a deep ball prep. But it's a one-year deal. Like, they don't have anybody on his roster right now in that wide receiver room who you know is going to be here in four or five years' time. Like That's surefire number one. And I don't think there's any really number one wide receivers uh, that are in this draft, especially that will be there available at not that 39. So I've kind of moved off of wide receiver being the pick. Corner, you look at that and you see the issues that you have with Dante Jackson with his injury situation the last couple of years, now coming off the most severe one with an Achilles. Mm-hmm. How ready is he going to be going to next season? And you saw back in Week 17 against Tampa when they're getting cooked by Tom Brady and Mike Evans. If either Horn or Jackson, really Horn is available, they maybe win that game and end up winning the NFC South. They need more depth. C.J. Henderson... And, and um, Keith Taylor have just not shown enough for the last couple of seasons to really buy into either one of those guys as your number three guy. Maybe a new stop helps. But really, to me, it looks like an edge rusher is a position that I would like for them to address there at 39. B.J. Ozilari is someone who's been mocked uh, constantly over the last week to go to Carolina. He's an LSU edge rusher. He's got the pedigree. He's got the kind of skies. I think he has the, um, the versatility to fit into this new scheme that they're going to have here in Carolina. So I would love to see them address edge rusher. Losing Hassan Reddick, it's unfortunate. I understand why it happened, especially for Hassan, to go to Philadelphia mm-hmm. where it's his hometown team where he had a huge year. They need to bring in somebody else. I don't know if you can depend on Marquise Haynes and Frankie Louvu <laughs> and combine for 12 sacks oh. again like they did this past season. Don't slander Frankie Louvu. Uh, no, the thing. I'm not. I'm just saying <laughs> I don't know if you can depend on him that seven sacks again. That was the first year we saw him as a full-time <laughs> starter. He was excellent. I loved him. But is he an edge rusher? Is he the guy that on third down, hey, Frankie, go get him? Is that what you really are going to bank on moving forward? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I just have a hard time thinking that's exactly what they want to do. All right. Before I let you go, Julian Council, Locked On Panthers podcast, because you mentioned that you thought that the Panthers probably had the uh, a coaching staff that was the most conducive to um, basically training a quarterback. And you're right, by the way. I've said this for a long time. It is not the college's job to get quarterbacks ready for the National Football League. It is their job only to win games, which is why so many quarterbacks are not ready to play in the NFL because they're yeah. they're not taught. The games are different. They 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 both use the same looking ball. One one has stripes, one doesn't. But ultimately these are two completely different sports. Uh, and I wish people would understand that more. Uh what really what jumps out to you about Carolina's offensive coaching staff. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888 or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Uh, just the experience uh, and just all in the honestly that and the diversity of it and that's not necessarily like you know the, the people and the, what they love I me mean, you have sean jefferson and thomas brown who obviously are black but i'm not really concerned about like that kind of diversity i'm thinking about just the diversity of like positions that have been played like brown 
is a running back. Yeah. Haven't played at Georgia, and he's been in Sean McVay's offense working with him the last couple of years. And that's a guy that McVay did not want to leave. So you have the diversity of the principles that come from the McVay system. You have Parse Frazier, who was a, one of the youngest uh, play callers, and I think they see the NFL last year as he was the interim uh, play caller up there in Indianapolis when Jeff Saturday took over as the uh, head coach there when Frank Reich was fired. So you have Parks Frazier coming in here to be the passing game coordinator. You have Josh McCown, who's not that far removed from actually having played a position and been in the NFL. You have Jim Caldwell, who has worked yeah. with Frank Reich before as Frank Reich was his assistant, but he's also worked, of course, as the head coach and having Peyton Manning in, in Indianapolis and having so many years of experience as a head coach, both in college at Wake and in the NFL and Detroit in both Indianapolis, but also, you know, having worked all these quarterbacks and having worked quarterbacks throughout his career. So having that kind of experience and this diversity of your staff and the positions that they played back when they were, when they were playing, but also the positions that they've been able to coach, like that's really what stands out to me that it's not just quarterbacks that they're equipped to work with. It's all the positions that I think they can get the most out of from their own playing experience, but also just the experience of where they've been throughout their coaching career so far. So I'm excited about the staff that they built both on offense and on defense and that Frank Reich was willing to go out there and to spend money on guys that he necessarily did not have like that kind of close relationship with, but just trying to find the best staff available. And that's certainly what Carolina I think has done, at least to the best of their ability over the last couple of months. Yeah. Look, I've been very critical of David Tepper. Um, I was critical of the hire of hiring of Matt rule because I felt like, David Tepper was kind of grasping at shiniest object because he somehow, Matt Rule somehow convinced the world uh, that he was the next great thing. Um, And I think Tepper just without, I don't know, I'm not going to say he didn't do due diligence, but he's a young owner, David Tepper. He he didn't. Right? He 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 might not, but but I'm not going to make that accusation. But I can say very, very easily, he's a young owner, and it takes a while to really understand how to how to do this correctly, especially if you plan on being a hands-on guy. It is very difficult, and we saw that uh, manifest itself in how they went about trying to get quarterbacks and all of that, yeah. how many mistakes they made. But, man, this coaching staff, and I was team, I was team Steve Wilkes. I thought Steve Wilkes deserved the job. But I will give them tons of credit because I think an all-star coaching staff is probably – uh, too much hyperbole for me, but Reich knows what he's doing. He's a good head coach, but Jim Caldwell, to me, is the star of this whole thing because Caldwell has so much experience with quarterbacks, and they've, you've got different different ages here. You've got Caldwell. You've got Josh McCown, who might still pl- could could might still be playing in some situations. So yeah. there's so much diversity, as you said. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking about generational diversity in this coaching staff. Uh, the one thing I will say is if it's not Bryce Young, if it's Anthony Richardson, which would be, again, my plan B, then he probably can't play year one. So you're probably going into this year with Andy Dalton as your quarterback, which means you probably have a high pick again next year. Yes, very true. That's all. Uh, and then I would have people being like, trade up for a Drake May. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that's the, that's coming down the pike. Uh, Julian Council, I thank you very much, my man. Absolutely, Adam. You got it. Take care. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? 
the main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.